This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Albany County Executive Daniel McCoy. Dan McCoy became county executive in 2012 after serving 12 years as a county legislator. And you're out now with a new budget, a proposed $678 million budget. Is there a property tax increase? For the average homeowner that has a house that's worth $150,000, just uh, there's no increase. There's going to be no increase. Uh, it was a one point, uh, I believe it was 1.6% increase uh, on the tax levy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but say, seeing that assessed values of homes went up in Albany County the, the last year, most people aren't even going to feel it. And this is the fifth year consecutively we've been under the cap. So with the three years of zeros in a row and in this little increase, uh, people aren't going to feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted. That was the most important thing, to continue our quality of services, but to make sure that we work with the taxpayers of this county. So it, the taxes will stay level for most people because the properties are worth more? Correct. And that's, in, well, anyway, that's a whole other story. Yeah, it's a whole it's, yeah. it's a whole math formula. <laughs> but, you know, basically because of the zeros, taxes actually went down for a lot of people for, th- you know, because we, we did zero, zero, and zero for three years. And as the value of the homes went up, so uh, they paid less. So, uh, but that's that's government working for the people. And that's what I'm all about. Yeah, spending increases about 4%. What expenses are increasing? Well, you know, it's a variety of, of a mixture. It's, you know, the nursing home, we're doing this great addition for $60 million, which 85% of that's reimbursable by the state of New York. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other part is the Times Union. Uh, if you see what we're doing at the Times Union Center, we put a $19 million addition on. It's going to be gorgeous. It's on time, uh, on budget, and that's what it's about when you do a project here. And union built, which I'm proud of. And this is going to be a showpiece, not just for the city of Albany, not just for the county, but for the capital district and a variety of other things that factor into that. You know, mm. I mean, you know, remodeling our buildings, we're, we, you know, we're making them energy efficient. We just got recognized for another Energy Star building. So this stuff costs money to get it where we need it to get a greener uh, and less carbon footprint uh, for our county facilities. Let me just ask you a bit more about the Times Union Center and the nursing home. Uh, the Times Union Center kind of, uh, I'm stupid about that. I'm not aware that this has even been going on. I guess I haven't been down there in a while. So what have you What have you done down oh, there? Oh, you got to come down. Well, you know, we got the Capitol Center right next door and we're being good neighbors. And when they were doing the Capitol Center and the state of New York invested $68 million, you know, the TU was at, you know, we obviously got to the point where we paid off all the bonds on the Times Union Center, but it was at a point that it needed a facelift. And usually with arenas at this point in time, after like 25, 30 years, they knock them down and rebuild them. Well, I can't do that because it's too much money. So what we did was uh, we enclosed the atrium in the front of the Times Union Center. So now you can get, and we redid the walkways from our parking garage into the center. So it's more of a experience. The minute you pull into that parking garage and close your door, you don't need your jacket. You don't need an umbrella. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can walk right in. Uh, we have, you know, in the summertime, it'll be air conditioning. And in the winter, it'll be heated. And it's just beautiful. We got one of them reflecting uh, 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 rain uh, waterfalls mm-hmm. in, in the main atrium and <clears throat> everything is going to be nice. And outside we have these great 
LED screens that will start showcasing different things while we'll different advertising, different things going on there. So the outside, it looks gorgeous. Uh, it almost looks like a building in Times Square right now because of the size of the screens we got outside on the Times Union Center. But uh, it's going to be a great experience because one thing I realized uh, when I became county executive, when we went through this recession, a lot of people didn't have money to go away on trips anymore to mm-hmm. take their families away. But they were coming to the Times Union to see, you know, Disney mm-hmm. on Ice or wrestling mm-hmm. or a concert, whatever it might have been, Sienna basketball. Uh, you know, so this um, is going to give them an opportunity to really enjoy a, a more magical experience. And for the nursing home, a lot of uh, counties, I don't know if a lot, some counties have given up. I mean, they've privatized their nursing homes. Uh, Albany has not. and it, But a lot of money is being invested in it. It's what, $60 million now? Correct, $60 million. Uh, we had roughly um, like a $1.7 million deficit at the nursing home a month when I took over. And it was an epic fight mm-hmm. with the legislature. And we had to change the way we did the business model out at the nursing home. And they didn't want to change the legislature, you know, because it's easy to continue on what we're doing. Uh, but we had to. And, and I don't regret one one fight that I had with them over the nursing home. So in a partnership, we came up with a way to really knock down that $1.7 million. Now, right now, our budget used to be almost $20 million three, four years, no, about three years ago. Uh, we're down to three, uh, $3.7 million to run a nursing home. So we've cut that down. Uh, and now with the improvements that we're doing, we will fill that facility. And it's going to be a home because we have over 60,000 seniors over the age of 60 living longer that are independent. And the last thing they want to do is go into a nursing home. But when their families come to this nursing home, I not only want the families visiting, but the people that live there feel that it's truly their home. And this is where they're going to make their last days on this earth. And it's going to be great for them uh, because it's going to be a, a great experience, not just for the family, but for the people living there. And this nursing home, in my my opinion, is going to be the best nursing home in upstate New York. Mm. And also back, you know, to the budget or increases, there are um, salary increases, are there not, for union and non-union people? Correct. I thought it was very important to um, take care of the workforce. You know, the workforce really do a good job. And when I took over in 2012, most union contracts were outdated since 08. Um, you know, so think about it. That's four years I have to go back and negotiate and then still go forward at a difficult time. And, and we have 18 unions in, in Albany County. And you know what? They rolled up their sleeves and worked with me the first term. And my second term, you know, it's now it's time to start trying to get some of that pay back up there. Uh, so we negotiated 16 union contracts this year alone. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're going to be well, – this is our first time in history – uh, second time since I've been county executive, I should say, that every union contract settled, except we got one union that's uh, there's only eight of them. They're trying to hold out for more money. But every union rolled up their sleeves again with me this term and gave us fair contracts, not just f- for the workforce, but for the people of this county that pay the taxes. Mm. So they're 2% raises. Correct. 2% raises for union and non-union workers. And also $60 million for a rainy day fund or surplus. I did see one of the Republican members of the legislature applauding you for that. Yes. Uh, you know, when I took over, we, we were borrowing $15 million to make payroll every year. Imagine, you know, we, we're, we're going out bonding $15 million so we can pay the workforce. Our reserves at that point in time when I took over was roughly, I think, between 19 or $22 million. So that was coming out of that Great Recession, losing money on Wall Street. 
So the last six years as county executive, with every budget, I don't touch the reserves. And I've stayed away from the reserves, and we've built up on our reserves. And this is the biggest reserves this county has ever had in the history of county government. We went back on the books, and we were looking. We've never had this much money in our reserves. But the state controller just, we're not on any watch list. We're Tom Denapoli's not looking at us for fiscal mm-hmm. stress. Because you've got to have 10% of your budget. And this is the first time we'll have 10% in our rainy day reserves. And that's what it is. It's a rainy day reserve. It's for, God forbid, if we go through another recession or or something tragic happens in this county, we have the money to take care of it. And that's what I have to explain to the legislature. It's not there to, to run programs or to uh, enhance some things you want to do or I want to do, uh, because we all have great ideas, but you have to pay for it. It's there for emergencies only. And if we treat it like that, every county in the state would have a reserves. How is sales tax? Tax revenue holding up. The county controller, Mike Connors, was concerned that, you know, with the online competition that you'd start losing sales tax revenue from those big malls that are in Albany County. Mike, Mike Connors, he scares me sometimes when he talks. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we did have a rough two first quarters. Uh, this quarter just came in 1.3% higher than last time at, the, at this point in time. Uh, and our fourth quarter should be strong. So we'll, we'll be right where we need. But Mike's right. You know, uh, the Colony Center, Crossgate, they're coming destinations. You know, they're, you know, they're building hotels. They have food. Uh, you know, they have, uh, like, you know, price choppers and stuff like that in them. Uh, you know, it's they got concerts going on. They got bowling alleys now. So it is. And, and so we have to really look at forecasting for this county because we rely on a lot of sales tax revenue. Um, a way of coming off of that, that if, as that goes mm-hmm. down, that will be okay. And, and there is a lot of online, like a- Amazon looking for a place to come. Well, Amazon's growing because people are buying online. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always good, there's a good side, there's a pro and con of every great expansion. And Amazon's a prime example. It's good that their company's growing, but as people, more people shop online, that means yeah. the mom and pop businesses fall to the side. When does the budget need to be adopted by the legislature? Uh, by December. They have to vote on it, I believe, in the beginning, for like the second week of December. And then uh, they, they meet twice in December, and that's when the budget has to. And if they don't pass a budget, then it reflects back on my original budget. Let me ask you about something that the uh, county legislature recently passed. I believe you're considering it now, and that's uh, a law or a proposed law on salary bias. The legislature passed a bill aimed at reducing the gender pay gap between men and women and the gap between uh, whites and and minorities. Uh, The legislation would bar employers and agencies, and I presume that means not just government, but uh, other companies and so forth, from screening job applicants based on wages, benefits, or salary history. Uh, What do you think of this? You know, I I think it's a great uh, piece of legislation. Um, you know, our Department of Law is looking at it. I have to hold a public hearing and uh, basically hear back from the public. And there's some things in there that our law department is looking at right now to see whether or not legally we can do it. You know, but one of the things that, um, you know, as county executive for the last six years, I have tried to promote more minorities in, in as commissioners, deputy commissioners. Um, we've hired more females than ever before in the history of the county. And there's some certain cases I hope the legislature looks at their their history that I've tried to raise women's salaries up 
in different departments that head departments, and they've always down them salaries. So uh, it's nice to pass this legislation, but kind of practice what you preach. Mm. Do you do you see it? I mean, I've heard some criticism of it as uh, anti-business, or it's going to be another one of the many New York State impediments to business growth. No, I, I think it's you know what I have being a father of two daughters, um, so mm. I have always advocated for women, and I think the governor Cuomo has too, having three daughters. Uh, you know, it's it's something I look at, and when my daughter's out in the workforce, I want to make sure if she gets a job, she gets the same salary. And I, and then, listen, I've seen it in the county. I've seen a male come in and get more money uh, because he's a male, and I see a female, and, mm-hmm. and she doesn't get the same amount of money. And, and to me, that's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're doing the same job. They have the same uh, requirements, and a lot of times they have more education and more experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they're a female doesn't mean they get paid less, and that's the things we have to champion and fight for, and I've been doing that for six years. Uh, I'm glad this legislation will help us. Uh, I, I applaud the legislature for, for doing this, but I agree with you. I don't know if we can enforce it on other private companies throughout the county. I know the state of New York's looking at it. I talked to Assemblyman John McDonald, who they've been looking at this up in the Senate, and they're hoping to pass something this year. So, if, uh, John, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that John and Pat Fahey and then we'll, 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 and Neil Breslin in the Senate will pass something in Amador uh, that, you know, once they pass it, it becomes law across mm-hmm. the state and it's easier, you know, it's the state enforcing it, not the county. Let me ask you about shared services. As you uh, know, Albany County has a new shared services plan, which was mandated by the state. I believe this was an initiative of uh, Governor Cuomo in particular. Um, what are uh, the highlights of the plan for Albany County? Well, first I want to say, you know, it was frustrating because for six years we've worked hard. We've rolled up our sleeves. And, and I love when the Senate and Assembly and the governor tell us how to run county government. Look at yourselves. You know, you pass these laws, you pass all these unfunded mandates down to the counties, and then you tell us how to run run government, but they don't give us the money to do it. 80% of my budget, 80% of that budget is unfund, unfunded mandates from the Senate and the governor and the assembly. Think about that. 80% of my budget. Mm-hmm. So when they sit there and they tell us we had to do more or less, take all these laws off the books that you're making us pay for, like raise the age. And I, I'm in favor of raise the age. But raise the age uh, relies more on foster care and probation, which is two county services that I run. Well, guess what? The Senate Assembly and Governor's Office cut out $400,000 of foster care this year to the county of Albany and next year. So they in tune took about $1.2 million away from us to a program they're adding, making us add more services to. Does that make sense? Hmm. You know, so it's uh, under the shared services, which was another thing that they basically said in a short time frame we had to do. We met. I got Rockefeller uh, College on board, uh, Jim Malatros and them, true professionals. Uh, we met the governor's d- deadline on this. Uh, these are things we've been doing, Bob, in, in the county way before I was county executive. These are things that we've been sharing between Green Island, Waterville, and Cahos, and Albany. You know, we, we merged our 911 system, Cahos, Waterville, and Green mm-hmm. Island. We've merged other services. We shared services all the time. Uh, I love it when the governor and them get on the table and tell us, oh, hey, you got to do this. Well, we've been doing this. you got to pay attention. Don't take credit for the hard work that we've done in this county because we've done a lot of hard work, and uh, I applaud my partnership with the legislature and get 
getting a lot of these shared services done. But some of the things we are highlighting, uh, and I, and I'll tell you, okay. I'm going to tell your listeners for the first time on this show. Um, uh, I'm not a betting man, but we're going for healthcare because the healthcare consortium will save a ton of money for towns, cities, and villages. It means that the village colony or Menans and Waterville and Green Island Cahoes or Bethlehem or Gilderland mm-hmm. uh, in, can join the county's health plan. That means they'll save hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not you know millions, in this county. But the Senate and Assembly have to pass a law because it's right now under the state statute they can't join our health care. Now, I will assure you, as I sit here on your show, talking to you on this beautiful Friday morning, mm-hmm. that uh, that they won't, it won't get passed because the lobbyists and everyone's going to interfere because mm-hmm. someone's going to be losing money. And I hope that's not the fact because this has happened in another county, but this is something that under shared services will make a difference, not just in Ormond County, but across the state of New York. And that's one thing I've been advocating for the last couple of years is, is our health care. And with the health care, you'd save money because you have a bigger group. Is that the idea of it? Well, or? yeah. Well, you got to remember, uh, you know, say like the you know city of Albany, um, or I'll, actually, let me use the city of Cohoes, has roughly 16,000 residents, but they probably got a workforce of probably 800. Well, for Mayor Morris, for him to have to sit there and, and bid out health care, so, you know, it's you only got a pool of 800 people. If they join ours and it's one health care and you go out with one health care with, say, 20,000 workers in Albany County with every town, city, 19 municipalities all together, you're going to get a better, a better reduced price. And it could save the city of Hose probably $500,000, which is, is a lot of money in the city of Hose. You mentioned uh, Assemblyman uh, McDonald. Um, he was a pharmacist, actually, yep. and he uh, was Mara's pharmacy, I believe it is. But anyway, he is on board with something called Project Orange. Can you explain that? Yeah, Project Orange. We we started a um, OB task force uh, because of every all the deaths, the high deaths that were happening mm-hmm. in Omi County, and I want to highlight Sheriff Apple's good work that he's been doing on this. So we got all the professionals together because I said, look, let's figure out how we can do this. We've gotten. Um, advocates for for parents that have gone through this loved ones but we also have clergy we have police we have professionals in this field people that are in the trenches every day and you know one of the sad part people don't realize that 80 percent of heroin users started off on prescription drugs and that is something we have to change because when you bring your kid in they get hurt they twist their knee or they hurt their back first thing a doctor goes gives them painkillers right Mm -hmm. oh they're in a lot of pain mom dad who's ever the guardian of that child, I don't want kids to suffer, um, but think twice before you start giving them opiates. And, and Project Orange came out of our committee. We came up with it in my office, my, and uh, we, we presented it to the opiate task force. Basically, I said, you know, you go in someone's house, I have three children, you know, and, uh, you know, they get to that age where you notice that maybe some liquor's missing or some beer's missing. You can open your refrigerator and go, hey, I had five beers in there. Right. And now there's only two. Or that bottle of, you know, whatever you're drinking was three quarters full. Now it's a right. quarter full. You notice that stuff. But how many times do you open up your medicine cabinet and go, wow, I, I had 20 pills in there and there's only 10? Never. No mm-hmm. no one counts the pills that are in there. And then when you go to take them, you're like, oh, geez, did I, you know, did I not really have that many left? Because you, you don't think about it. 
And that's it's an easy access for kids to get. So Project Orn basically says to everyone in this Albany County, or I don't care, in the Capital District, go to your medicine cabinets, take all your medicine, bring it to pharmacists like Morris Pharmacist and Cohoes. John McDonald, our assembly member, will give you a bag. You can throw it in there. You drop it in the mail for free, and we'll dispose of it in the right way. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with our guest, Albany County Executive Daniel McCoy. This program will soon be heard as a podcast on albanymagic.com and bobcudmore.com. Next week on Talk of the Town, our guest will be former Congressman Chris Gibson. I'm Bob Cudmore.